Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, Europe. Good morning, Americas. And welcome to Rug Radio, A- Reg Radio Asia Web3. Motherfuckers, your daily show dedicated to Web3, NFTs, latest news, hot topics. And on the menu today, we've got the playing NFT and forcing royalties. Take that blur. Other side, the second voyage and Yuga partnering with Gucci. Football, soccer, taking over NFT NYC. We've got thieves stealing trade ideas and then deleting their accounts. We see you, Eddie Kong. Pudgy Penguin announcing rods. And, and, and. Two very special guests today as we are joined by Flutter Chain and Fire from Fire XYZ. Your best Web3 tool to protect your, your wallet, your crypto wallet, your NFT wallet, all of your crypto needs. We do this show every weekday, Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. UTC plus 8 or 10 a.m. Eastern time or 3 p.m. UTC. This is it. We have changed times for the next six months. This is our time zone in the UK. So no more time zone crazy. Everyone, welcome to you, ladies and gentlemen, from all over the world as you join us on this adventure to build the biggest, the greatest, and the baddest Asia Web3 community there is. My name is Wacky. I am your host under our brand PewCast. We are official content providers of Rock Radio. This weekend was a very busy weekend. I was in the van moving furniture, plus I was on the, pave, on the streets paving London late at night on Friday as I was doing street interviews. My co-host, you know him. He's the most accomplished chef. In Web3. Last week, he was giving out chicken buckets. This week, he's giving out croissant filled with rainbows in it. You guys all know what's at the end of the rainbow. No, it's not a weird green leprechaun. It's generally hard-earned cash money. We strongly suggest you tune in to collect this week's croissants. His name, Buke Rainbow. How you doing, <laughs> I'm brother? doing good. Bro, like, I, I couldn't trust you anymore because, like, on Friday, you said that you are going to do the video, but Hey man, it's Monday. Where's the video? Like you didn't shoot it. Like Where's as long as as long as you didn't post it, I, nah, <laughs> you didn't shoot it, bro. Come on, come on. I I need to do the the long. I need to like edit it and everything. And I was moving stuff, so I, I gotta sort sort this out. But the thing is that I gotta send them to the rug radio guys. So you know, I, I don't want to post it before they edit it. So I don't know if I can. So anyway, I'm checking on. I'm checking all right, on. all right, guys. So welcome to Asia Web Three Motherfuckers, powered by Pukecast, the rug radio of Asia space, where we only have one goal in mind: is to build the most genuine. Web3 communities among the Asia countries and to unite everyone under one roof. So guys, you know, I'm excited for today because we have Flutter Chain, we have uh, Fire XYZ people on here as our guest speaker and I'm really excited to dive down in the topics that they are building because, you know, whatever is it, it's super important and, you know, Fire is close to my heart. Wacky, you know why. I'm going to explain a little bit more later on. I do know why. They on. saved you. They saved yeah. you. But guys, you know, head on to our, the top of the pin tweet. You saw the croissant, right? And... For you guys who collected, you know, one chicken bucket last week, you know, two, three, four, five, not to worry. Just go to my pin tweet, my account, click on the link, which is the raffle link, and the raffle will end within 24 hours. So the more chicken bucket you collect, the higher chances, for example, uh, the percentage in winning will be higher. So it's like, you know, you, you have three, your entry is three. You have five, your entry is five. I see people have already signed up, uh, you know, join the raffle. So if you guys have any one of it, um, do join and if you guys miss it not to worry because every week as i said you know i will be releasing different types of food and this week because you know wacky's from french he miss he misses there he's right now in london i said you know what i'm gonna do croissant that's it all right guys croissant, so croissant. let's dive down to a little bit of a short ice breaking session and i i mean this question while i was driving back home i just thought about it and you know what Let's do this. So, Wacky, I'm going to ask you straight away, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, man. I've got a few. So, I, I'll give you the whole thing. When I was a kid, it was vanilla. Literally, 
the only flavor I was ever taking was vanilla. And then I, I realized that there were other flavors. And now I'm a big chocolate sorbet fan. Like even actually the vegan chocolates now, they are delicious, man. The dark, but I'm talking like the dark, dark chocolate, right? And, and mix this up with a little bit of passion fruit or a little bit of mango. Oh my God, dude. I'm like all over there, all over it. So that, that's me right there. Chocolate and exotic fruits. I'm, oh, man, I, as I'm talking about it, I want it. I want it right now. I want it right now. What about you? What about you? <laughs> so for me, it's simple. I like, you know, the uh, pistachio mint with some chocolate. That's it. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Pistachio <laughs> mint, man. I, I got to say, mint is not my thing, but pistachio, I tried it once and I... I was very scared of pistachio. You know, I, I actually used to be scared of pistachio. <laughs> I, I was like, how Why? is it possible that it's because it's 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 salty, right? I mean, pistachio, and it doesn't have that much taste. But I I tried it once, and I was like, oh, actually, that's pretty good. So yeah, I hear where you're coming from. I hear. Of course, yeah, I see, I see you. You put the hands down, <laughs> thumbs down, bro. Go ahead. Thank you, bro. Pistachio is so awesome, bro. How can you say that, bro? It's one of the greatest flavors, bro. Bro, you can't do that, bro. It's so good, bro. Yeah. Yeah. What's Actually, your favorite Bosa? Bro. Uh, bro, it's the same. I was like a vanilla or uh, maxi, I can call it if you want. <laughs> Maximally, yeah. Yes, yes, brother. And I changed over to chocolate. Now my favorite flavor is pistachio, bro. With nuts, chocolate chips. Oh my god, it's so good, bro. Wow. Love it. Hey, you will. Well, are the odds? We've got two pistachio lovers right here three, on the bro. panel, man. It's what actually three. Yeah. Uh, even CryptoFit. Why don't uh, you say, babe? No, CryptoPhoenix. He also uh, said that his favorite is pistachio. Damn, oh, my damn, God. Like, damn, okay, right, right. I, have to, I have to pinpoint this. Uh, Love for Mate said that the flavors, flavor is anchovies. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the film is about to start <laughs> Before we, we dive into, you know, the serious topics of the day, tell us a little bit about your ice cream addiction, if you have one. Yeah, lately I've been into strawberry ice cream and strawberry shakes. And then, uh, you know, even like some variations on that. Like recently I got a strawberry uh, cheesecake flavored ice cream that was really good. Or like um, another one was like strawberry and like a sugar cookie that had been like ground up in there. So... Uh, that's my my latest flavor. Any brand in particular? No, not really. I mean, I've got a four-year-old son who loves ice cream, so we're usually just like going out to whatever ice cream places we can find when we're out and about and grabbing something. So usually from like a, a store or something like that. Lovely, lovely. Yo, puke. You 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 set me up. I I it's sunny outside and I I want an ice cream right now. <laughs> I know, but it seems like you know <laughs> and I can't the Asia it. Web Three motherfuckers fam love pistachio. Even Arnup said you know his favorite is pistachio. That's it. And 
and, and gas gas NFT user gang. 17 mint chocolate chip bro you gotta try pistachio mint chocolate chip that's it it will change your life so wow. it, it seems like it's wow, 5 over see. 1 bro it's 5 over 1 but alright before <laughs> we talk into the topics of today Maeve you have to answer the question so uh uh, I think I'm more of a strawberry guy since young, but like uh, pistachio is is like one of my favorite as well. But just like pistachio, though, like no no <laughs> vanilla. I guess like really, I, I I'm not I'm not too much of a combination guy, but like uh, variations of strawberry, I'm 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 down for that. Uh, pistachio, vanilla. Well, I guess like there's not too many flavors that us here don't like anyways, because like ice cream is always good most of the time. Ice cream is good all of the time, man. Magnum. The Magnum never fails. <laughs> all right. Let's head on to uh, the news of the day. Maeve, take it away. All right. All right. Thanks, Puke. Thanks, Wacky. I'll get right into it. Today, we start with Gojira partners with Engine Starter for IDO offerings. The Plague NFT migrates contract today and refreshes metadata. Uh, grads on Merka YT95 on being the 37th Beans Hoarder. Uh, Andrew uh, creates a Web3 FE, uh, FC uh, has, and has confirmed his 16-team roster. Gucci partners with Yuga Labs and will partake in other side meta and 10KTF shop. Eddie is Kong's, steals trade ideas and now deletes account. Oof. Steve Williams releases latest Scapes video trailer. And lastly, Pudgy Penguin's announces rods to function as a multiplier for big or little pudgies back to you puke all right right so we're gonna need we're gonna need to come up with like a pudgy a pudgy sound effect because we've got so many pudgy news and we've got so many pudgy maxis generally in the audience we're gonna have to come up with a little pudgy like quick 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 something like that (laughs) all right since you're talking about pudgy let's talk about pudgy because like you know Previously, when b- before the rot, like actually, we know what what happens with the rot, right? Um, there's a lot of speculation or even karmics, like you know, bro, uh, Pudgy, you know, the alpha is actually the rot, the rot, right? And then you know, so a lot of people is gonna are like you know having speculation in terms of like the rot tying into a game, um, you know, the rot able to do this and that, but it turns out like the rot is similar to like what Nimland is doing, right? So you have the main character which is like the captains, and then the potatoes is like the multiplier in terms of the item you get, and it's pretty similar to it. So right now the rot is a multiplier, so the more rot you have, the more multiplier you have, but it has to pair with for example, the Genesis uh, Pudgy Penguins or the Lil Pudgies. So I, I don't know, like I, I feel like because of that, it has a it, it took a massive dump. So I was checking out like, you know, when Pudgy released, like, you know, what was the rot about? And then I wanted to get a, a, a Lil Pudgy, right? And then I checked the floor price. Previously, it was 0.8. Today, when I checked on the afternoon, it's like 0.4. So mm, it's it looking a little bit interesting for me to get. Uh-oh. Yeah, because the, the rot, Previously, when when it was like when when they, the speculation happens, right? The rod was actually even more expensive than the Lil Pudgies, right? But it seems like the Lil Pudgies will be actually more important because like even without multiplier, you know, you have the Lil Pudgy. But the rod you have it is just multiplier that need to pair up with Lil Pudgy. So instantly the rod, I think tons of people dump it. Uh, right now it's like around 0.3, 0.2, 0.3-ish. And then the Lil Pudgies are 0.4. So... 
I don't know. It seems good. Uh, our our Paji fans isn't here to join us today, so hey, man. Like we 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 don't know. We don't know. They're fishing. They're fishing. But you, you know, we're gonna ask them later this week. They, I'm sure they'll give us plenty of other news. So Paji, hey, Paji's on the news, right? As long as we're talking about them, they're gonna go up. So that's all. That's all we care about. <laughs> Yo, wacky. To be honest, right? Yo. I'm pretty happy that uh, people's expectations were not met as always. Cause like I, I, to be honest, like I don't even know what people were expecting. Everybody was like game, 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 game. But like, I mean, whatever he's doing, I think like game is kind of like far fetched for now. Cause like he's just properly setting up his distributions, meeting to expand his distribution even more. But anyhow, I'm pretty happy in the sense that you know it's just a better entry for for me at least. Cause like I'm a bit salty that you know. Didn't even follow much on Pudgy and you more recent, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but over the weekend, so <laughs> they have this YouTube channel called Building in Public, right? Uh, right now it's at episode three. So episode f- the first one is is kind of like you know those like YouTube videos whereby you you go through the life of like you know the founders building and stuff like that. So they actually have a TV series of it. The first episode was like you know we bought Pudgy penguins for for a million dollars right and then the second episode it shows like you know how they are building what they are trying to do you know with the mascot and stuff like that the third episode was actually recorded in like uh, NFT Paris right and during one of the segments right they, they sit down among themselves and talking about like you know when we look at blue chip brands which brands is actually the, the most scalable and their conclusion is actually the Pudgy Penguins because Pudgy Penguins when you talk about like the age group and stuff like that is kind of like open to everybody like you have the young kids that likes the Pudgy Penguins you have the older generation you have like the girls the guys the boys and whatsoever right but when we talk about like the gods or if we talk about like the apes it's more towards like a boy thing right we talk about Azuki it's more like adult kind of stuff but when the Pudgy Penguins is more towards like when it's an IP it's easier to scale because it's it's like it's able to accept like you know different age gender young kids and stuff like that so in in the video they really show like for example when they go visit like you know uh orphanage or children's home um you know how the kids interact with the pudgy penguins and stuff like that uh in terms of like building the ip their whole motive or concept behind it is really solid i mean look he he is we lucas is a is a marketing genius, right? There's no question that he's understood how to capitalize on, obviously, social media and, and what's happening with Pudgy right now. It is very true that, as you say, the other brands are sort of very boy-centric, right? And, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, um, fortunately, there are many more customers out there. Well, there are actually more girls in the world than there are boys, and, and especially with the new generation. All those NFTs, look, you know, I went a little bit back out in the world uh, recently and spoke to people about nfts and most of the people they're like nf what like they never heard of it right so we need to realize that it's going to be the next generation of people that are going to catch on to nfts that means the kids so it makes perfect sense that they would go and target that market which a we know is huge in terms of in terms of number of people and b we know that parents will generally be suckers in terms of buying anything for their kids because they want to please their kids. So it makes perfect sense. You know, I have to say it's a very good marketing strategy. I think if he has a proven record of delivering products before and, and delivering, uh, you know, in the previous companies that he was at. So 
it's got very good promises. Very good promises. Yeah, he's uh, he's on track, man. It it will be very interesting to see how he operates. Yep, yep. And um, you know, o- over the weekend, I was listening to like tons of spaces, and I came across the one with PG and Swallow AMA, right? So basically, Swallow is kind of like having a partnership with uh, Engine Starter. And previously, we talked about this, like you know, PG they wanted to do um, you know, IDOs partnership and stuff like that. And um, when I I listen to the space, like every time when we talk about like you know, IDO is actually similar to. ICO time right during like you know the alternative coin everybody was doing ICO deals and you know some is good some is bad and stuff like that so basically you know when I hear you know they wanted to do for example IDO it's always very speculative whether you know is this investment going to be good is it going to be bad um, but when engine starter came in and they give the statistics man like they show in terms of like the for example like the top 10 projects that actually went on engine starter people invested money, did well and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see like, hey, you know, they have um, kind of like a good track record when, you know, they release like coins, people buying coins, putting money and investing. So when, you know, PG have a partnership with like Engine Starter, it's kind of like, hey, you know, we are banking on this track record. Like it was on Saturday, I think like 300 people tune in to listen to it. Like the PG family or how this project do it is not, not, it's really different from like the general public, right? Like they are not building a game. They are not like Pudgy Penguins doing soft toy. They are not like Azuki doing vibes and strong community, but they are focused in terms of like, hey, you know, we are business people. We have, for example, the Jira tank where you pitch your ideas and then we get funding. How we get funding, we buy nouns and then we get allow you to tap into it. Then right now they are doing like a consulting uh, agency whereby, you know, a lot of projects that wants to go IDO goes through them and get investment in it. So the interesting is this, like, you know, PG, in, in terms of in terms of the holder, it's not too many people, right? So one of one of the listeners kind of like became a speaker and asked them, so why does you know, for example, Engine Starter need PG to put in fund? Whereby, you know, Engine Starter itself, they can raise fund and make it more successful, right? So the whole idea uh, why you know they need PG is because um, they want the community element in it. So like for example, when Engine Starter when he when they just release just say Project A right and it gets funding, the the project or the people behind it just fund it and then just just leave it. Whereas right now with PG they know that you know when people fund it it has the community elements behind the project and so they they realize like you know in terms of NFT why is it scaling so fast because community always you know generate content for the project right and so with this element of you know tapping in behind like the nfts aspect of it having a community that for example invest in project a and then later on able to build on top of project a they believe will be a strong element into it i mean this this sounds pretty interesting man. i mean you said it you said it at the beginning when you said that they are not like the other brands in the sense that they're not really working on like delivering merch, even though they did have, right? But that's not what they're focusing on. They're focusing on business, right? They're focusing on doing business in Web3 and helping their holders contribute, not contribute, but benefit from the business that they're doing there. And I have to say, you know, the the PG guys, the Project Gojira guys, um, Sean has been very smart in how he has surrounded himself with the type of people and his team and, you know, we can see with what they're doing right now. And I think, I think they're going to, I mean, they've already had great success. I was looking at some of the stats that they were showing um, in terms of how well the floor has been holding for the Genesis collection and everything else. And, and they've done great. But it, it just goes back to show, we were talking about it 
Well, last Friday, when we were with Overlord, right, you could see the strength of their community. And it's the same thing with Project Gojira. The guys and, the, and girls that are in Project Gojira love being a, a, a part of Project Gojira. And that is a really, really strong factor for the success of an NFT project. So, yeah, you know, very, very much props to them on, on this one. Yeah. So what else do we got next? We've got The Plague, right? The Plague that uh, just released a new contract. You? Hello? Maeve, Maeve. Oh. Maeve, I'm here, right? Oh, yeah, Maeve. go ahead, buddy. <laughs> oh, sure. No, no, I, thought, I thought you were on the comment. Yeah. So, like, it's happening today, man. So, uh, I, I'm not too sure how much is their variety is going to be, but I presume it's going to be their original 5% on the OS and all. Really excited to see that. So, like, last week, uh, when we were speaking to Variable about this, uh, well, they, they don't have a particular acquisition strategy yet, but I believe that, like, with whatever Variable and the other NFT platforms have going on. Uh, I, I believe one of the players are definitely going to step onto this because uh, the, the, other, the other big name would be CNP by uh, Hayato and all. They, they also uh, will be migrating their contract to reintroduce a 10% uh, enforced rarity and uh, their community pretty much all supported uh, this initiative. Really interesting to see here. You know, you know what's interesting is that a, a lot of projects nowadays really don't care about trading volume anymore because anyway, the, the royalties at the moment are pretty much near zero. So they're making no money from it. So whether they are royalties or whether they re-release everything and fully enforce royalties, I mean, the result is the same because to be honest, they're banking on different revenue streams. So they might as well just enforce royalties since the market is quiet at the moment anyway it, it's the, the right thing to do finally we're, we're finally seeing a rise from the from the project founders who are realizing that they had they do have the tools to fight the marketplaces that have zero percent royalties and they are doing it right now so it, it's good to see and it's it will be interesting again to see what happens later down the year when more and more projects yeah, yeah like the, the the funny thing is like you know you, you left the space and then after that the question was this like you know whatever that Hayato or the plague plan to do is actually being done on a platform level by variables right so it's like hey you know are you gonna like absorb them and do it because like you guys are already doing it uh, but I think you know the plague I mean, the, the background or the founders behind it are all deaf, right? So they want to enforce like royalty in terms of like the smart contract level. And one thing they did it so well is that, you know what? They want to change the contract. So they're going to airdrop to you your NFT instead of wanting you to, for example, burn gas and mint it again, which is, I mean, pretty a good good way to to do this kind of thing and like the community behind it. I mean, like good communities, we know that they totally support in terms of enforcing royalties because, you know, they, they want the project to grow. They want people to buy it so that, the, you know, the, the project has funding to do even more stuff. And I think this is a great way moving forward. Like, you are right, bro. Like, you know, NFT project needs royalty. That's it. For sure. But there is one thing. I am still surprised that we haven't seen more projects do this, which is to allow a percentage of the NFTs to actually trade without royalties. And when I say to allow, it's, it's a bit misleading term. In the sense that a, a lot of projects, actually the successful projects, do provide functionality and utility to NFTs, right? So if a royalty hasn't been paid on the NFT, then just don't provide that utility to that NFT holder, right? Because very clearly, they don't have any intention of being part of the ecosystem. They just want to use it as a trading, as a trading functionality, which, which is fine. In my view, I think it is actually fine because 
for a collection to also gain popularity, you do want to have some trading volume, right? You do when when you look at a collection of open on Blur and you look at the total trading volume, you're like, oh wow, it's had like five thousand ETH trading volume or ten thousand ETH trading volume. You're like, shit, this is a serious collection, right? So it does add an element of uh, of shine, if if you want to, if you see what I mean, on a on a collection. So so I. I I think we'll see more of this, but uh, you know, it's good to see overall that the the founders and the project founders are rebelling against all of this and using the technology to their advantage. Anyway, that's, that's a wrap. That, that's all yep, for that. That's a wrap, guys. Uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap, guys, for what's happening on the news today. So, if you guys want to know, you know, what we talk about, all you have to do is follow the Pukecast page. Every day, we will release a short summary of what's happening in the space. It's just a two minutes read with links and stuff like that, just for you to keep update on what's happening on the NFT space. All right, Wacky, let's dive down into the two speakers that we have today because I'm really interested into knowing what they are building. Hundred percent. So. Welcome, Flutterchain. Welcome, 6457 from JoinFire. You are both joining us today. Fantastic builders. You both are builders in the space, and this is exactly what we need if we are going to grow Web3. So let's maybe start with uh, 6457.eth. I love the fact that you've got uh, a 10K. Uh, you're part of the 10K club. I also, I also have a 10K club, so fellow, fellow 10K. User. Um, maybe uh, give the stage over to you. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, what I like to, when I start with guest uh, speakers is to always know a little bit about your personal background. So, did you have previous experience in Web two? How you got into Web three? And uh, you know, how did you end up where you are today? So, six four five seven. Over to you. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Uh, at least for myself, I know we're worldwide. Good evening to others. Uh, good afternoon to everybody else. Um, yeah, my name is Jeff Krantz. I am an, a software engineer by trade, uh, worked in Web2 for a long time, but actually got into crypto in t about 10 years ago uh, when I bought my first Bitcoin. Uh, spent about five years mostly as a holder and or miner of Bitcoin until I realized in like 2016, I could probably work in the space full time. And so I just went onto a job board and typed in the word Bitcoin and one job came up. It was at a, a trading firm where one of the traders was looking to hire an engineer to come in and help him hook up to the various crypto exchanges so he could start trading algorithmically. So I worked in the crypto trading space for about four years. Uh, and then in like 2020, um, you know, I really wanted to start working in what we're starting to call Web3 at the time. So I took a smart contract course in Solidity and uh, left the trading world to go, you know, like I said, Web3 full time writing smart contracts, working on Web3 front ends. And then, you know, fast forward to spring of 2022, uh, a good friend of mine texted me one day and said, hey, Jeff, I'm looking at my OpenSea and I don't see my board ape in here. Could you take a look? And so he sent me over his address and I looked at Etherscan and I saw that he'd signed some malicious transaction that allowed the uh, attacker or a scammer to steal his board ape from him when it was worth half a million dollars. And that gave me, you know, a really sinking feeling in my stomach. I can't ima imagine the feeling that it gave him. And I realized, you know, if we want to make Web3 go mainstream, we've got to come up with a way to combat these scammers and just make Web3 easier in general. And that's how I came up with uh, the product that I'm here to talk about today, which is Fire, which is a Chrome extension that lives in your browser. And uh, every time you're about to sign a transaction using your MetaMask wallet or whichever wallet you use, 
it pops up and shows you a preview in a human readable format of what's going to happen to your wallet if you sign that transaction. So for example, if my friend would have had fire installed, if it had been invented at the time, it would have shown that, uh, you know, whatever NFT he thought he was minting, he was not going to mint. And instead his board ape would be leaving his account and going to the scammer. I mean, so we've, we've got, um, Pukey and my co-host, this is something very close to his heart because the same thing happened to him. And thank God he was using fire. So, Puke, do you want to actually touch on this and how fire saved you in, in some, uh, some it, it It saved halfway, uh, but it's, it's my fault, right? So, so what happened was this, like during the whole hype with Momoguru, I was like doing my research. And um, basically, um, there has two same page. So one is like NFT Momoguru. The other page was Momoguru NFT, right? And so um, when, I, when I click on the link, like I know that, that is one is the scam page and one is not. So I try to try to make sure that it's the right one, but you know, I, I, I kind of like check it at the wrong time. Um, so I click on the wrong one and they ask me to connect the wallet. So like most you know legit website when you go in, it's like basically they're gonna ask you to connect the wallet, right? So I, I do that immediately and you know, because it was so late, I like I didn't really read so much. So fire pop out, right? Uh, every time because I was using it, I think someone um on on spaces shielded it to me. Uh, so they said, do you want to connect it and stuff like that? So I click yes, right? And then they said um they asked me for another transaction, so I also uh, uh, click yes. So when that happened, automatically, basically the fun is gone, right? And so then later on, once like the money left, like it continued to ask, do you want? So what what struck me like I I was getting hacked is that you know it pop out and it's like do you want to transfer all your NFT to this wallet so fire came out and it's like I was like do you want to so it bracket like Zen Academy right and I'm like ah shit why I think I'm getting hacked so instantly you know I cancel it then I you know I go back to my own account like the the money is is gone but like the NFT is still there it still have time to save so you know I managed to transfer some of the Zen Academy some of like the uh, rock radio stuff like like that some of the bbrc so like it, it didn't entirely wipe off wipe off my account but like thank god you know it at least saved some of the nfts because like you know it, even like zen academy at the time it was like 0.5 eth i mean it, it's still money these days you can mint tons of things with this this kind of money so like it, it saves me but hey man like next time really have to read it out loud like you know read everything that the fire tells you and and you'd be like ah, okay okay this is it this is shit uh, stuff like that, but it, it's one hell of an experience, bro. Man, the hacks in the space, it really is a plague. I mean, you know, pun intended, I guess uh, we were talking about the plague earlier, but it really is a, a, a massive hurdle for more people to join in, and it's it just scary, and it's horrible. I mean, as you were saying, Jeff, the sinking feeling, can you imagine just having a board or whatever it is, even if it's just, you know, a one ETH asset, it's still, as you say, a sinking feeling, you're like, oh my god, god, no. So, We'd love to hear actually more from you guys, especially I think in the different types of hacks and different types of ways. I think many of us kind of have an idea. It's always the phishing link, right? But there are much more elaborate ways, I think, that people are out there and obviously draining your wallet. So it'll be great to, to get more insight from you guys from that perspective. So um, in the meantime, let's throw over to Flutterchain. Hello, guys. Welcome to the stage. Same question over to you. Tell us a little bit more about yourselves, how you know your previous experience, Web2 or Web3 native, and then how you guys got on board with uh, starting Flutterchain. Yeah, I, hi everyone. So we're a very experienced Web3 team. We're based in Dubai. We run on uh, many projects. We run uh, NightSwap, which is the third largest DEX on Binance smart chain. 
Guard, uh, Wizard, Padmon, and Forge, and we're advisors on many projects. So we're developing Flutter Chain, and Flutter Chain is essentially a SDK, like a software development kit, so that anyone, like artists, creative people, can deploy smart contracts on a single click of a button. That includes NFT liquidity pools, smart contracts, and and uh, more. Yeah. Hello. Very cool. Obviously, so facilitating the way people are are building, which is a big thing. I mean, Jeff, props to you for like joining and taking all those classes. You must have had obviously a hell of a time, a good time, because it was the the heydays during the bull run. I mean, everyone was looking for solidity devs. So it's just not that simple, and a lot of people don't have that knowledge. So it makes a lot of sense to have interfaces that simplify. How things how things yeah, are done. Yeah. And um, and you you also use the uh, term called like NFT Fi, right? Maybe you can explain a little bit on you know what that term really means. NFT farms. Uh, NFT Fi, NFT Fi. Oh yeah, yeah, and NFT Fi. Yeah, so that's NFT NFTs and DeFi, NFT and DeFi liquidity. So what NF, NFT Fi really means is uh token tokenomics for nft projects and liquidity for nfts in terms of decentralized finance and so with uh liquidity liquidity pools for automatic automatic uh, make, market makers that would provide uh, provide DeFi and liquidity for nft projects and and that that would grow the the web3 space a lot in terms of the NFT market since currently NFTs are illiquid assets and just profile pictures and art. So we're we're basically doing what Blur and PseudoSwap and a bunch of big big uh, NFT marketplaces are doing right now. And we're trying to create a platform where any creative people like artists and and uh, musicians can deploy contracts super easily and uh, make it so NFTs are mostly liquid and not <laughs> liquid assets. Very cool. This is definitely the way of the future. There are so many, as you say, loan capabilities that have come in where people just, just want to be able to take money out of you know some of their NFTs, even if they don't sell. And, and that is what a lot of platforms are banking on because, um, as you say, there is... Wow. there's already so much money that is stuck into the ecosystem. So having the possibility of taking some of that money out and then reusing it effectively, re-injecting it, makes, makes a lot of sense. So on this note, 6457, I'm going to throw back over to you. Um, educate us, hopefully help us better understand what people need to look at. Um, again, scams and issues, there, there are just so many in the States and scammers are becoming more and more sophisticated each day. So could you maybe run through a few of the most common ways that people are getting hacked, some of the you know, some of the mistakes that people are making and how you guys are sort of approaching it. Again, obviously it's the Chrome extension and you've got messages in there, but how are you, what's the vision? What's the roadmap? What do you have in mind in terms of how you see fire growing o- over time? Yeah, great question. So quickly on the most common types of scams, I mean, really it's almost always the same thing. Um, you know, maybe I could break down two that are kind of most common right now. One is, 
you know, some sort of mint or claim or airdrop is going on. And at that same time, the scammers spin up a very similar looking site uh, with a very similar looking domain, you know, like Puke Rainbow said, <laughs> uh, you know, exactly basically okay. his situation. Um, and so like the Arbitrum airdrop, for example, happened last week and we just saw tons of fake Arbitrum claim websites. Uh, and what they do is they really take advantage of like, uh, you're generally acting under a rush, you know, you're excited to claim, you know, what feels like free money. Uh, a lot of times if it's like a NFT mint, they'll put like, you know, 9,985 of the 10,000 have been minted and that number will be like ticking up towards 10,000 to try to get you to act very quickly. And then they'll pop up your MetaMask for you. And, you know, MetaMask gives you a big blue button that's like shimmering that says confirm. And you don't even think about it because we click that button, you know, 10, 20 times a day. Every site makes us, you know, kind of sign in with MetaMask for whatever reason. Um, and so, yeah, that's really the most common type of scam to look out for. The other that I'm kind of starting to hear about more and more is like if you join a Discord, uh, like a fake cap, uh, fake um, like guild or collab land bot, like DMing you and being like, "Oh, you need to click here to verify your wallet," and then that'll be like a scam site. So that's another thing to look out for. In terms of what Fire is doing next, uh, like short term, I think some an additional piece we can help with here and something we're working on is like looking at the domains and uh, basically saying like, "Oh, this is a this site has been reported by another user as a scam." Um, and then like basically taking over the web page and saying like, do not use this website unless you're absolutely sure you're on the right one because we believe it's a scam. Um, so that would have helped Puke Rainbow with like kind of the first piece of, of missing that, uh, that warning. So that's something that we're working on. But, you know, what's more exciting for, for us and we think for our users, the number one requested feature we get from our users is like, why do I have to still sign in MetaMask? Like, I'd rather be able to just sign where I can see the simulation. And so something we're prototyping is basically like building our own wallet, uh, where, you know, number one, you could just click the sign button and see the simulation in one place. Uh, but number two, we're working on at that allows us to do a bunch more interesting things from a security perspective um, that uh, we couldn't do if we are if we're not the wallet itself. So that's kind of what's coming next. So actually, I've got a follow-up question because it, it fascinates me, the companies that are starting their own wallet, right? Because obviously, MetaMask is so prevalent and you've got all the big ones that are out there. But however, you always have more and more companies that are more projects that are starting their wallet. So how, first of all, help me understand from a, a concept perspective, why is you guys building your own wallet sort of, I assume you're doing this because it will add in terms of it will help build more functionalities rather than tagging onto MetaMask? Or what's sort of the, the overall end goal and the idea behind going the wallet route? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I think the overarching thing is that MetaMask, and I don't blame MetaMask for this, but the fact is they have to move very slowly because they have, I don't know if it's tens of billions or it might even be hundreds of billions of dollars of crypto held within MetaMask wallets. So they just have to move very slowly and very methodically to make sure uh, you know, that they don't mess anything up there. And so that gives all of these upstarts and competitors an opportunity to kind of come and gobble up some of that market share. And another thing is, you know, there's a lot of new technological advancements happening uh, in the wallet space, you know, specifically account abstraction. Uh, you know, I don't 
I don't, if, if we want to talk about that, we can, but I'll just kind of leave it brief at that. Um, and that's, that offers another big opportunity. You know, it's going to be, MetaMask is going to be very slow moving to implement something like that. Uh, whereas an upstart can implement it very quickly. And, you know, basically our idea is we've got something like 50,000 users using Fire today. Uh, and we could just flip a switch and turn them all into, you know, wallet users if, if they so choose uh, tomorrow. And so that gives us a nice kind of leg up uh, versus like starting from zero. We've got a bunch of fans, we've got loyalty, we've built trust in the community. Uh, and we think we've got, uh, like I said, a bunch of interesting things that we can do from a security standpoint in the wallet that'll make you more secure, uh, we believe, than if you're using MetaMask. Yep, and um, I just want to follow up on on this, like you know, based based on what you're sharing, right? Um, you know, I I see there are tons of uh, things that you guys are doing. So recently, I, I think it was two weeks ago, I experienced this thing whereby I saw um like the whole minting experience on your website, and basically they have like I think four different pictures. Like you need to choose um the fire picture. You cannot mint like the shit <laughs> on, on the picture, right? So tell me more about like this minting process because it it seems like I mean a, a kind of like a fun game fight way of you guys are doing things. So what is this whole build for actually? Yeah, awesome, great question. So when you install Fire, we automatically pop you into our onboarding app. Uh, which is a web page. It's a, actually a game, a gamified NFT minting experience. And basically the, the idea behind it was like, what if we could build a website that had five buttons on it, four of them would scam you and one of them would mint our NFT. Uh, and the only way you could figure out which is which is to have fire installed. But, you know, I guess cooler heads prevailed and we decided like not to scam our brand new users if they messed it up. And instead we just came up with like a worthless NFT that'll just like basically waste some gas or, you know, some people like them. I minted one myself yeah, uh, me too. and then one of the cards, <laughs> one of the cards is the fire NFT card, which is kind of our, I guess, membership pass or whatever you want to call it. It's I think the number 11 most collected NFT on Ethereum which is wild. We've got something like 22,000 unique holders or something like that. Uh, so people really love that game. And that's a thing that really helped kind of propel us to uh, the scale that we've reached so far. Yeah, I think that in terms of uh, like what you guys are building, it's like a fun experience. Um, like when, when because you know, one, one thing about Fire, they have like that old window kind of like vibes that, that we get, right? And then it, it seems like, you know, like, like it's like very tech savvy, but it gives you like that retro feeling. Um, and like the whole experience in it, I mean, it's, it's a unique way of, you know, people actually reading something, right? And so like when you click on like the, the, the shit emoji, basically, you know, Fire will pop out and like really explain to you and then because you kind of like needing to you know need, needing to know whether it's the fire or the shit one you basically it makes you to read it and i think one one thing that i realized after that whole process like yeah if if i that day actually read, read what is being shown on fire i probably wouldn't get scammed right and so it's like a slap to my face a uh, good learning good learning curve as for me um so i mean this is a fun process wacky if you know i recommend you guys if you haven't tried it out go ahead and try it out and it re really makes you read it so it reminds me of like that south park episode where you know Cartman say, hey, you know, you guys don't read the terms and condition. This is like the same same feeling I get, man. Ah, shit. <laughs> oh, man. It's so crazy. I mean, it's it's so good that you guys and that there are so many people that are thinking about all of this, right? Because 
there is no way. I mean, I, I made a comment last one, last uh, last week whereby the Web three adoption is actually not going to come from millions of people spinning up their own wallets. Realistically, it's just going to be from projects and and new technologies or or, or new companies creating an interface that, that allows existing Web two people, existing users of the internet to just interact with NFTs in a very, very easy way, right? So hopefully or anything that facilitates any interaction with our current industry is really the way forward and how we're going to get more and more people into the space, whether they know it or, or not, right? It's just about using NFT. So Flutter Chain, let's talk about NFT Fi, right? So I used to be uh, at X2Y2, was the head of uh, business development at X2Y2, and they just recently launched a whole fi.x2y2 which is just dedicated to providing loans on nfts obviously this is a big thing you guys are also looking at this so um you know make us salivate a little bit what do you guys have in the pipeline what are you working on that is really going to help people with uh, with what's coming next and and, and unlock some of the, the financial capabilities that they have with the nfts yeah so we're basically building like liquidity pools so anyone can deploy their own nft contracts in liquidity pool so we're not we're not building nft loans we're building nft liquidity pools and easily deployable sdks for any people that are not developers like artists and and musicians as i said previously and so we have our dap and and everything uh being developed right now and we're testing uh the entire uh entire platform for our for our, our uh, software and all of the um, all of the all of the tools and potential smart contracts that can be deployed on our platform i see i see and so because i was just checking out like in terms of like your white paper and stuff like that and you really use this new term that i, I think is really interesting right so you said that there's this thing called the ino and uh, basically you know when when you when you you know doing for example your nft farms right you have two types of nft farms so one is the redeemable whereby you know um people can actually stake an amount of token and then later on when it comes to a certain period the nft get minted right and then in in terms of like the creator they can set like for example five percent fifty percent fee on it and then it will charge over time so how how do you um, implement this kind of system so meaning that only for example projects that launch they need to have for example their own token for they are able to uh, implement this kind of system no, so for for what this basically means is it's a it's a SDK. So you can, it's basically a launch pad for for uh, artists and and creative peoples to launch their own NFT projects with super easy access to without developers and it would uh it, NFT INOs are basically initial uh, initial NFT offerings which is like an ICO, but for NFTs. And what we're planning to do is make uh, NFT launchpad mainstream. So NFTs can launch directly off our platform and marketplace. And anyone can uh, deploy their own, uh, any anyone can deploy their own token and NFT farm. So, so with 
regards to what you were talking about, the, the token for uh, existing NFT projects. Existing NFT projects can't launch off our, our pad. Only new NFTs can. So like a new NFT project comes on our platform, our marketplace, and they, they deploy their own SDKs and they can deploy their own tokens with ease and without a developer. And so in the space, there's a lot of creative people and all of the marketers and and uh, uh, are taking away like the the abilities for uh, creative peoples to drop the like their own collection and artwork. So, so we're designing a platform that would give power to, back to the creative people and and allow artists to easily launch their own pla- like NFT projects and ecosystems without a, a developer's help yep, yep. i i mean i i see basically you know like right now i think even last week when we talk about this like right now when we look at marketplaces they are all the marketplaces are kind of like wanting to spearhead something right so when we talk about like for example blur is is about you know like the bidding the really tech savvy people that is you know farming the blur tokens uh we have wearables who is wanting to do like the community uh marketplace we have uh magic eden that is you know focusing for example like you know magic Eden on btc or even like you know they launched five i think 10 games on you know partnership with polygon so now i see like you know each marketplace is like spearheading something to be a niche in in a direction or in niche about something to make them unique right so i think you know uh, what you guys are talking about is more towards like having that farm kind of thing so where can you just ask you like x2y2 what are they spearheading bro <laughs> man i mean x2y2 have completely shifted their model right there, there, there was a time where they could have gone and, and really be like the number two marketplace, right? But for some reason, they decided to go into the loan aspect because I think they got massively influenced by Ben Dow and the success that Ben, ben Dow was having. And also the fact that you had so many people that were sort of trying to do similar transactions, but there wasn't like a secure way. Um, I mean, Ben Dow was very secure, right? But, but you had a lot of transactions that were still happening outside of those platforms. So they added the loan functionality there and, and it's literally snowballed because so many people are listing their NFTs there at the same time. And they've had hundreds of thousands of ETH that are now being used for, for lending. And literally now, I think that's where they're really going to focus their energy, which is in the financializations of NFTs, right? You're going to have more and more of those type of products that are going to be created for NFTs, just like it exists in current uh, financial markets, right? So you're going to have indexes, you're going to have derivatives of it, you're going to ha- you're going to have all sorts of stuff that's going to going to happen as the NFT space keeps on growing and growing. So it, it'll be, you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see again where things go. Um, now this is all well and go- good in a bull market because you have lots of trading happening. Now in a bear market, the good thing about it is that in a bear market all the people that have their money in their NFTs and potentially not able to sell them will be able to get some of that money out to then use somewhere else. And, and that's where I think the reason why the popularity of those loans has, um, has been such because a lot of people just want to be able to free up some money. 
Yep. And uh, I think Flutter changes DME that they have to go uh, because basically they just timed the whole space for one hour. So let's continue with Fire because, hey man, like there are so many things that we want to talk about and like Discord security is massive in a way. Uh, you know, I was one of the victim. Uh, you know, a lot of people here was too. So let, let's dive in a little bit more in terms of like the Discord security and stuff like that because like I'm seeing these days like there are more and more people or more and more ways that scammers are getting active or uh, in terms of like doing it. So j- maybe just dive down a little bit in terms of like fire X- XYZ, right? Like you guys, for example, you know, you have your own NFT. It's one of the heavily minted one. Um, you guys are working on security. So how hard is it to keep on updating the tech? Because like, you know, like there are more and more stuff that's coming in, different clever tactics and stuff like that. So what's the top bit? process behind of you know how to make like fire nft a robust platform for people to use it and uh jeff had to hop off here but i could um i could touch on that i'm cameron i'm a kind of jack of all trades at fire and the nice thing and bad thing about the scams is the none of them are necessarily new it's the same set approvals for all and everything that these scammers try to get you to approve to get to your assets it's just the methods of how they are getting you to sign that is changing or getting better. They just take advantage of like FOMO, like Jeff was saying with Arbitrum, they, they just, they want you to be in a rush and get you there, but there's not much evolving on that side. It's, they're just going harder and harder on the social engineering end. The, the social engineering part of it is really everything when it comes to scamming. I mean, we, we are now seeing, you know, I, I got to tell you, it must be scary to be one of those people. Okay, well, there are two things, right? A lot of people there, they flaunt around everywhere. They're, they're repping that they own so many NFTs and they've got all those millions of dollars in NFTs. I would never want to be in that position because I would never want people to know so much how much I have because then you are really victim of social engineering, right? And we have seen, what was it? It was Kevin Rose that, that, that got hacked and, and that lost a lot of his NFTs as well. Um, it, it's just so difficult to, to to be able to decipher this and see through it because they are really 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 good. Now, it is great, and I I got had a question. You Jeff was saying that you guys have a very strong community, right? And I'm I'm a firm believer. I said it all the time that the success of an NFT project really comes from two parts, right? It's almost it's almost in my view 50 50 50 50 percent the quality of the project founders and the work that they're putting together. But the other 50% is really the quality of the community that they have been able to build, right? And the strength of that community and how they're, they're there supporting their project founders. Now, you guys were saying you've got 15,000 users and the community is strong. Could you potentially touch on what you guys are doing specifically from a community aspect to keep the people engaged, right? Because when you and I spoke, you were, you, we were introducing it and literally you give me like a two second rundown They're like this is what we do and this is what the product does <laughs> and you were like okay that's about it and i was like okay there must there has to be more to it right so maybe can you touch touch on that perspective because obviously you guys are thinking about building a wallet and the success of this will also come from a lot of people adopting it and more and more people adopting it so tell me more about uh, how you're tackling community yeah um we are the only of the security sentients that have a free NFT, which we think is fun, uh, a fun way for everyone to get exposure to what we do. 
but uh, we we currently I would say our number one is our referral program that we have in the app. So instead of you just sharing a, a Fire Link and getting a download for us, if you use the one that you have within your Fire app, uh, you can move up the leaderboard. We have a first place. You get a hundred and fifty dollars in ETH, and like so that'd be like point oh eight at this point, and a few down the leaderboard. And we also started the ad, which I guess this is some alpha here down the road for everyone. Uh, Merchandise. Uh, we actually just went through a um, our active users and reached out to a few of them to send them some merch, and then we are also going to start adding them to the uh, referral as well. So if you rank somewhere on there, you could either uh, get the hat or uh, cash if you're out of the U.S. for shipping, sadly. But we are working on that. But really, just trying to give back what we can where we can. You know, I, I think that's the most important aspect of is sharing. You know, your your social success with your with your community. So just one one quick more thing before I hang back over to my co-host. So um, obviously you guys are giving away money and, and games, which is the number one thing that we know works uh, with NFTs, right? It's just give people money and, and then literally make them play something. That's been the ethos of the industry. Having said this, to give people money, you need to be able to also make money and be well-funded. So how are you guys set up from a funding perspective and what is sort of your view and your business model in terms of revenue, because Fire is a, is a free product, right? So how are you how are you guys tackling the the revenue stream aspect of it? You know, right now we're uh, currently funded by a Atomic VC. It's a venture capitalist firm that helps start up uh, crypto products. It's where Jeff comes from, and our our runway with that is good in, in the long term. But in the short, medium, and long term monetization plan, we are planning on the product uh, staying completely free we don't want to make anyone have to pay for the security aspect of this but we are thinking kind of what jeff was touching on earlier is you know if we could get to the point where we are a wallet we um we can maybe have our own swaps feature in there like metamask does where maybe we could potentially like take the fee instead of like you know the swapping platforms like metamask uniswap sushi etc and we have some um other stuff in the woodworks but Jeff has only publicly touched on the swaps one, so I think that is probably the only one I'm allowed to touch on, if you know what I mean. But we definitely have a lot. <laughs> in the bro, bro, this is like you know you you showing me you know like you you teasing me, but then you you you're like standing and I, I cannot touch it. So right, you you have to dive down a little bit. Like come on, come on, everybody. If I, I can tell you, I would. <laughs> everybody, listen to the sound. <laughs> this is exactly what we were delivering on the show. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> before we switch off for the security real quick though, you guys asked me about the hard one and I want to say this is the hardest one for everyone in the space, which I think anyone who has built a crypto product is aware of is there's a lot of mobile users. It's just it's more convenient, you know, when you when you're on the road or just sitting in your bed and you don't want to go up to your desktop, but uh Apple and everyone makes it very hard to get approved on that app store and then to build a mobile app uniswap announced theirs and i think they it got immediately disapproved so i would say that's honestly the biggest struggle and there's not much anyone could try to do about it currently because apple just won't let anybody in the app store to make a difference <laughs> so so the, so quick quickly on what you just said with apple and i think that's what a lot of people don't realize when instagram announced that or, or meta when they announced that they're dropping nfts i had a meeting with with Instagram and, and the guys over there when they were interested in adding NFT. They already had it. And they said, it, the way we move forward will really depend on the restrictions that Apple put in terms of whether or not you can transfer assets 
outside of Apple because they obviously want to take a huge cut. So this is a big problem, actually, um, for providers that want to put stuff on on the stores because Apple is really restricting um, how things are potentially working and what they allow people to do, right? Yeah, very, very much so. I worked at uh, Lucky Trader before I got to fire, and that, that, anyway, that's just an NFT news app, but we had problems even getting that on the app store. It should have came out two to three months before it did, and they give you you think you get it gone and then they give you five more things that change and that process is never ending sometimes for others but thankfully for lt that we managed you know it, it took basically a whole fiscal quarter though it, you're basically at the at the whims of apple that, that little fruit decides everything that we do <laughs> they really do it's so crazy we don't realize the amount of power that they really have sorry if you, <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I was just thinking like you know like the whole experience that i face like you know it's it's not a pleasant experience but in terms of building a, a software that kind of like read it plainly to you is really important right so like besides i mean obviously right now we are in the nft space and the obvious uh, you know people that's always when we hear is like the nft getting scams right so besides like you know nft getting scams or like you know apes being stolen and stuff like that what are the other like plat like the issues that you guys face in terms of like the scams is it more towards like just based on like eve and nfts or like do you guys build any any other tools be, uh, besides this yeah, it's really for just crypto and NFTs, so I guess that covers all of it. We're on uh, Arbitrum, Mainnet, Polygon, and Optimism. Uh, the, they target everything, though. They don't really go after a specific NFT because you could just use the set approval for all function to get asset, access to all assets. So it's, I guess, from the scammer's point of view, it's like, well, why would I only go for Yurizuki when I could go for Yurizuki and everything else you own? So that. I, I know there's still some asset-specific ones for, like, when the Discords get hacked, they'll try to keep it on, like, you know, like, say it's Kaiju. I know that was an old hack. They'll probably try to set an approval for a Kaiju, but it seems like over the last year the scammers have adopted, like, just going for all of the assets because tools like us are, you know, costing them money, so they just got to take everything they can get now. So, uh, okay, I've, I've, got a, I've got another sort of business-related question um, terms of business business growth and how you're planning on tackling tackling the market. Um, when I was at NFT Paris, I got the demo from Ledger in terms of their new product that is coming out. And, and now I can't remember the, the name of it for my life, but um, they're basically coming out with something that is very similar in terms of the fact that when you are going to be on Ledger, you will have something that shows you whether or not um, the site is risky, whether or not the, the uh, contract is there, is about to, you know, give all permissions in there and transfer all your stuff. So they're obviously thinking about the, the same thing and providing kind of similar functionality. And as we know, they've got like you know hundreds and thousands, probably millions of users um, that have ledgers. So how are you uh, seeing this obviously as, as competition um, in terms of um, take, taking them on effectively because you guys have been doing this. This is your bread and butter. This is what you guys have been focused on. Is this something that you guys are looking at in terms of what Ledger does? Or you kind of like focusing on your own business strategy and then just leaving them to do what, what they're doing? There are currently other transaction simulators that kind of do what we do. So we're not too worried about that one. We'd rather you have all of them than none of them. Or if you're not going to have us, would rather you have you know Ledger than nothing because you know security is of the utmost importance. 
But in terms of affecting our business plan, uh, not too much. Like I said, there's things I can't touch on that we have in the works. But, you know, the the transaction simulator is just like one piece of the technological pie, I'd call it, for the, the long term. So, you know, the more people that come out with that, we would view that as, you know, better that way. We can maybe, you know, focus less on the, you know, full-on security side if we're all on the same page with that. And we can move on to, you know, maybe you know, forwarding the space instead of like trying to keep it where it is with all these hackers that we have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the ethos of uh, Web3 is supposed to be we all share resources, help each other out, and technically the pie is more than big enough for everyone to be successful. And then, hey, if one becomes bigger and the others get acquired, then it still works for everyone because everybody's still making money. But th this is technically, you know, the idea behind open sourcing, right, is that the things advance so much faster by things being open sourced and everybody benefits as a result of this. So it's good to hear that, you know, you kind of guys have the same Web3 philosophy. It was interesting to hear that you worked at Lucky Trader before. Actually. <laughs> we know very well about Lucky Trader. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like like what you say, right? Like, even though, you know, you, you use one, it, you, if you can use as many security tools, I mean, like, you can't be too sure, right? So, like, the more you have, I, I think of it, it doesn't really have, like, the competitor aspect to it, but it's more like you stacking up your security to make it, like, really foolproof so you don't get hacked. And uh, it's really interesting. So, Wacky, I was just, like, reading the comments, right? And somebody said, hey, join Fire, check out Min Defense. And then he basically lays out everything. And then he said, like, you know what, guys? Everything don't have except Min Defense. So, let's just dive down a little bit on this because, I mean, I'm not too sure about this. So, let's just see whether it, it really makes sense or not. All right. So, basically, he said, like, there are five, five tiers, right? Translation, which is you guys have. Uh, Real-time scam detection. Self-evolving AI protection. Pre-interacting detection. Multi-chain support. Seed. Uh, phrases protection so like I, I i think in terms of like multi-chain you guys have covered like arbitrum um op optimism and stuff like that so what what else is the others because like okay let's just just pick one right seed phrase protection like you can never protect a seed phrase because the seed phrase is only for the users right yeah, I believe they might be touching on, which is going to be a better one for Jeff. I'm not a, I didn't get in Bitcoin in 2012 and I get a Solidity dev experience, but I, I know MetaMask could back it up to your computer, I believe. So maybe they're touching about that, but kind of what you're saying, there's no real way to, to protect that from everything. If, you know, once the seed phrase is acquired, there's really nothing standing between the two until maybe like account abstraction happens and we have 2FA, but until then... When that gets spilled out, it, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm not the one qualified for that one either. To be fair. Yep, yep. And and so so okay. Let's let's not talk about the technical stuff because like I've I've used the product. The product is great. Let's talk more in terms of like the mass adoption or even like expanding or getting that that best user experience, right? Because like we we talk a, a lot about mass adoption, and I love like you guys have your own NFTs, which make people you know have that whole experience gamified process to it so the, the question is really this right like so right now do you see like the business because we are asia web three motherfuckers and i think in terms of like how the market moves it's always like you know the us europe have like the better tech and then it's slowly creeping onto like the asia side of things right and so like just just for like fire xyz do you guys have more in terms of like wanting to have like the education process for like you know the asia community and stuff like that or is it more focused towards like your your region 
for right now, the transaction simulator is only in um, English, but that is something we are working on in our Discord. We have um, a Thai chat, a Mandarin, Indonesian, and we actually have a, a lot of uh, Thai users. So it, I, I think it's trying to build, be built for everybody, but I understand that the transaction uh, language barrier is there, but that is something that we have in, in the works. But I would say it's geared towards the whole space. Like, regardless of, like, there's no preference to, like, uh, the Western Hemisphere first for users. It's, you know, it's it's there to keep the whole world safe. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. I mean, we, we need it so bad, what you guys are doing. It's just, uh, it's so necessary. Also, okay, so coming back, we were talking about, I, I guess, in a weird way, Pudgy Penguin, right? Everybody is starting to love Pudgy because... People know about Pudgy Penguins and they're really making a big, a big noise about it, right? Um, from a sort of marketing perspective, what's a lot, a lot of it is word of mouth, and this is how initially we had heard uh, of you guys, uh, literally from someone else that recommended and say, "Hey, check out Fire, they're awesome." It's all this. Is this sort of how you guys are mostly relying in terms of growth, or what are your plans in terms of maybe marketing? Because Look, you guys have an awesome product, and it's just about making noise, 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 being everywhere so that everybody knows about it. Because it really is a race to sort of the first tool that you use. I know what you're saying is that better to have more than less, but the reality is that most people will only use one or two tools maximum, right? So how are you guys thinking in terms of marketing and, and, and that approach there? Because you said you're VC-backed. Yeah, no, great question. I actually think this one's a little bit more up my alley since I'm like the the marketing team had i i would say the growth plan it, you have to be on twitter like you get your google ad account suspended here and there if it has any mention of crypto or nft in there and i know that's ridiculous because you see the google scan links it's just a, it's a fake it's a it's not an efficient process with them so you just you're kind of at the whim of all these other platforms so with that being said with instagram you know google not really liking the web3 wording you mostly have to do it on here in our way of trying to, you know, I guess be first first to wallet, I guess would be the Web3 phrase for that. Or just be, you know, try to be very active on, on Twitter, proactive there. I know everyone's probably aware of like the algorithm being messed up. So we try to take, you know, content avenues and everything and really just build the build in public mantra of it all. Just be here, interact with people show up to spaces, be involved with the community and just go from there because the traditional marking avenues, at least from the downloading something crypto related wise, we just kind of get uh, which is so what everyone else in the space pegged by, uh, you know, web two juggernauts. So, you know, it's really just a battle of who could get the most Twitter users at this point because search traffic for crypto and NFTs. If you look back from the peak of it in 2021, it's, it, it looks like it rugged almost on Google search trends. So it's really all just a battle of who can own Twitter the, the best, which I think that applies to not only like our industry of like, you know, the security side of it, but really any, any product in this space. Yeah. It's crazy how important Twitter is. You, you're so right. You have to be on Twitter. You have to be there. You have to be on spaces on the right spaces. So people see you. I mean, it's, I, I gotta say, we talk about, you know, the success of D gods. You look at all those projects that are doing really well. Besides Board Apes, where I think the guys have been, the founders have been a little bit more quiet, not, not as much as the new projects, but you look at Frank, he is always on Twitter. 
everywhere, always on a Twitter space, always talking. Same thing with Sean from Project Gojira. All the big founders, all the projects that are doing well, they're always there talking to people. And, and that's really the way to be known and to be heard because also people relate to you, right? So it, it makes uh, t Twitter is such an important tool. Um, I'm going to hijack, uh, hijack your, your question to spot uh, Puke. I've got, I've got one more question yeah, yeah, for Fire. Um, in terms of uh, Web2 users, is this something that you guys are already thinking as a target market? And are you, are you really paying attention to uh, devising a, a strategy to get more people on board from that perspective? Or you kind of just letting it grow organically and just focus on the native Web3, I guess. Anybody that's been in NFTs for the past year is kind of almost native Web3 now. Um, so are you focusing on Web2 at all? Are you thinking about it or not really? Yeah, the Web2 angle is a tough one. The best way that like I personally, or I guess we personally have found to attack that is more of like the onboarding products for it. So maybe coming from like the Web2 space, but like, you know, with Web3 branding now, like there's uh, this uh, car, they, they have like a lot of cars they rent out and they do that like via NFTs. I'm, I'm linking on the project right now. I feel really bad for them, but targeting stuff like that. But in terms of just like going directly to Web2, I would say no. But if you want to say, like, I would say we target Web 2.5, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the, like, the term that we used initially in Kaiju Friends as well. Like, when you talk about, like, 2.5, it's really, like, in, in between where it's easy for people to access to it. And then later on, you know, you are still kind of, like, into, like, the Web 3 space of it. And so, like, you know, Wacky, do you have any more questions? Uh, I mean, I... We'll probably have a couple more, but uh, you do. <laughs> what? what are huh? your thoughts? No, no, no. So I, I will just deep dive in and, you know, uh, basically someone shared like the, the mid defense, right? And then um, right now, like the, the person that you, you led on stage is actually the founder of mid defense. Um, go ahead, buddy. What's your question? Metro, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, how is everyone doing? Um, yeah. yeah, good. Um, Okay, nice to meet everyone. Um, I'm here because one of our users shared a, a table. Uh, and then there were some, a, a few things that were, were mentioned regarding that table, uh, specifically the most important about seed phrase protection. So obviously once a seed phrase has been shared, there's nothing you can do. It's like giving the keys to someone else. They have a key and there's nothing you can do. But what we do at Mean Defense is we prevent our users from entering their seed phrase on scan sites which also ties back to when uh, it was asked, what are the most the, the, the scams that are happening? And, and it was said that it was all approvals. Yeah, yeah, in, in, maybe in this bear market with all advanced users, most of them are like that. But back in the, in the bull market and for the next bull market, there's a lot of scam sites that ask people for seed phrases. And all the new people that are joining Web3, they are just, oh, maybe I need to do it to, to get this money, to get this crypto. So we prevent our users from doing that. And we are the only ones that are doing this. No one else is doing this. Everyone else is focusing on translating transactions, which is a, it's, it's a, it's a great need because MetaMask is, is too slow. MetaMask is very slow at translating. It took them the whole bull market to, to just show what Set Approval for All was doing. Before, if you remember, it looked like a contract interaction. It just said Set Approval for All and didn't tell you anything. It took them a whole bull market. So is there a need to translate transactions? Yes, it is. 
but translating transactions, it's, it's not actually scam detection. It's just doing something that MetaMask should be doing, but you're not actually detecting scams and you're not protecting people because you are actually putting all the responsibility of the decision on the other person. Well, that may work with current users who are much more advanced in this bear market. It's not what's going to work when all the new users come for the next bull market. They, they will just need a clean do it or not do it. And that's, that's what we do. We detect scams and we are not a transaction translator. Here you go. The more, the more we know, the more, the more protected we are. That's, it's, it's a nice uh, addition you guys yeah, can add yeah, a fire. You know what? Well. Let's, let's stack it up. Like, yeah. you know, next time my browser, bro, it will be like, you know, 20 of it at, at like the bookmark segment, all popping up and asking me the same question. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I need, you know, bro, bro, to... after, after my whole experience in getting scams, like I just go and search, like download as much, you know, of course the official ones, not download the scam ones, right? Uh, but, you know, just getting protected, man, like these, these days, it's like your whole heart work like you put into web3 in in an instant you can just be taken away so man like i mean if that happens like i mean it can be heartbreaking bro oh my god dude i, I can't imagine luckily i've never had to go through this um but man i cannot imagine so yeah thank god thank god for having people like you guys thank god for fire thank god for everyone builder out there that is working on stuff like this because we really need it because the space man we love the space, but shit, the rugs and the and the scams are really, really uh, hurting yeah, yeah. us. So the the quicker we get rid of all of it, the better. <laughs> all right, guys. So this is a wrap of today's episode. Once again, thank you, Fire, for being here. Thank you, Flutter Chain, um, for being here. Really excited to see what you guys are building. All right, so guys, we run this show every day, Monday to Friday, and. Uh, Right now, it's going to be 10 p.m. GMT plus 8 and also 10 a.m. EST because daylight saving is over, all right? And we talk about what's... Wait, wait. Go ahead. Look at this. We've got Forza. Forza, you just wake it up, man. We've been here for an hour and a half. Forza, you've got your hand raised last minute. We're about to close the space. <laughs> what you got, bro? bro what you got, brother? Guys, the croissant, bro. Guys, the croissant. I've been waiting for the croissant. <laughs> 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 all right, guys, guys, guys. Uh, you'll be waiting for the croissant. All right, my bad, my bad. So the croissant's only going to be available tomorrow because, man, Poap links site fucked me up. That's it. I have to say that. Oh yeah. No. So so just now, just now when I was capturing and I put in my my address to test it, it's like it's it's not working. It's not working. Ah shit. So oh. no no worries, guys. <laughs> Tomorrow the croissant is on. For today, everybody that you know collected the chicken bucket, go ahead, click on the pin tweet, click on the link, join it because within twenty four hours we will raffle out and give you guys the gifts and. Tomorrow, the croissant is on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, you know, next week, I'm still thinking what good gift that we're going to give out. Maybe something special, guys. Okay. So can we release potentially two croissants in, in a random, in, in one of the random space later down the, the week? <laughs> two croissants. <laughs> uh, one in the middle, one at the end, one at the beginning, one in the middle. You never know, you know, like keep people on their toes. I mean, hey, we, we're okay, missing okay, one. Okay, right? okay, okay. <laughs> no, too yes, much, too yes. much work. No, no, no. It, it can be, it can be. That's it. That's it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, we were all the peeps that were here. We got to, we got to sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Shitting, shitting. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Fire. Thank you again for joining us today. It was great. Uh, so good to hear what you guys are working on, the way you're approaching it as well. Um, looking forward. Thank God you saved, you saved my co-host here from a total disaster when he got hacked. And for this, 
you know, you deserve a lot of props. Thank you again. Uh, Puke, are you ready to uh, have a little sort of end music there? I'm always ready, bro. But it's in the mood. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Asia Wet Thing on the Podcast. Thank you, Fire. This is us signing out. Bye, bye, bye.